Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. To our Bibles in Luke chapter twenty-two, and I'm going to give you some uh, experts to, uh, excerpts today um, on some of the continuation of what we've been talking about, but mostly the theme. Last week we talked about finished talking about Joshua, and right after a great victory, they went into Ai and they got defeated. And we talked about the landmine of compromise. Today, I want to continue with that topic, and I want, to see, I want you to see very closely on this, on the, what I'm calling the progression of compromise. In other words, compromise has a progression. It starts somewhere, and most of the time, I would dare to say that most people that are compromising in the beginning don't even know that they're compromising. Because it's very stealth. And I'm going to give you scriptures from the story of Peter on three main um, progressions that you see in the story of Peter that you will see that you would never think would happen to someone, watch this, please hear me, who was following Jesus. We think that compromise only comes to those who are in the world or things. Now, so I want you to see because there's goods and, uh, and there's some very good lessons here. So let's look first at Luke 22. Let's get our Bible. Are you guys excited for the word? Amen. Father, we thank you for blessing this time, blessing our, the word. Thank you for our spiritual family. Let this word come in our hearts with fire, with boldness, and let it open our minds and our hearts to understand. Let every heart and ear be captive and mind be captive today, not distracted, and let your word go forth and bear forth fruit. And everyone said, Amen. Luke chapter 22, uh, and we're going to start in verse 31, only because I want to show you this story, how it progresses, all right? We're going to le- read a little bit more scriptures than normal, because I, but I want you to see it. Look at what it says uh, it's up in the screen as well. And, and the Lord said, the Lord said, now I want you to follow me, okay? Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Please hear me. Uh. But, this is amazing, Jesus said, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So basically, Jesus is saying, Satan is asked to to put a seed of compromise in you, but I have prayed for you. Let me pause and say this, whenever we're going through something, we we have the comfort to know that Jesus himself is praying for us. Jesus himself is interceding at the hand of the Father towards us. That's some powerful prayers right there. He said, when you return, strengthen your brethren. Now, look at the response. This is the typical Christian response. Look at the response of Peter. We know the story, but I, for the sake of this message, I want you to see it. But, but Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you all the way, both to prison and to death. That sounds like a normal response from someone who is walking with the Lord. Are you kidding me? You got the wrong guy, Jesus. You may, you may look at Judas and tell him, but I'm your boy. I'm the rock. You just called me the rock. I'm the rock. You told me I'm the rock. I'll never leave you. I'm following you all these three years. Don't worry. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to church. I'm following you. No, no nothing wrong is going to happen to me. Look at what Jesus said. Then he I said, Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me. Say deny. There's a, I'm harping on that word there because I'm going, I'm throwing a little twist prophetically today. Deny three times that you know me. Now, I want you to jump that same chapter to verse 54. Obviously, some things happened. Jesus got arrested. Uh, that same chapter, Jesus got arrested and starts taking him. And now I want you to see what I call, please hear me, the progression 
of compromise that led into a full-blown backslidden state. Okay? Now, because we, we think that backsliding starts, we identify backsliding when someone's in the club and someone's uh, smoking out and partying, and we say, oh, that, that person's backslidden. But I'm here to tell you that backsliding starts while you're following Jesus. Backsliding or compromise can begin to eat at you while you are in church and while you are being involved in church. I want to remind you that, G, that Peter had no time to go to the clubs. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Peter had no time to go do some worldly partying and dance it up on the side when he was a disciple walking with Jesus. He had no time. He was constantly following Jesus. Uh, look at what it says now in verse 54. Jump to 54. So things happen. Now, now watch. Now, having arrested Jesus, they, they led Jesus and brought him into the priest's home. Now, I want you to highlight this. This is going to be my first point. I want you to highlight this in your Bible. But Peter followed at a distance. Woo, I'm going to preach this morning. Say, Peter followed at a distance. One more time. Say, Peter followed at a distance. I'm going to say something to you that you can still follow Jesus and follow him at a distance. I want to say to you that it never said that Peter stopped following Jesus. That's where the deception is. Because we camouflage our distance in our walk with God because we're still following him. But it's possible to follow Jesus and follow him at a distance. And, you, and you're purposely going a little bit further because you know that your desire is being warred in your heart for something else. So you still go to church. You do the bare minimum not to be noticed that you're compromising. But what happens is you begin to follow at a distance. All compromise begins with following at a distance. Oh, I'm going to preach good this morning. Every compromise begins when you start following at a distance. Now watch the progression. But, oh, but Peter followed at a distance. I, I, I love that statement because it is so stealth from the, that the enemy uses that because we say, hey, I'm still following Jesus. Can I just bear to say that I believe maybe 50% of the church nationwide is following Jesus at a distance? I'm going to give you some little clues of what following at a distance means in the natural. Amen? Come on. Just because you say I'm a Christian, do you follow closely to that? Because when you start following at a distance, here's what happens. The first thing that happens is your convictions will get lowered. Watch. I'm going to prove it to you. But, but say this after me. But Peter followed. That's the key word. He still followed Jesus. This is this, he's not following Satan right now. He's following Jesus at a distance. Verse 35, I'm sorry, 55. Now, when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Say, sat among them. Say it again, sat among them. Who's them? Them are the guards. Those are the worldly system that wanted Jesus crucified. Now, the progression comes from distance to now. Blending with them. And I'm going to break these things down in just a second. And a servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, woman, I don't know him. After a little while, another saw him and said, 
You also are with them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Verse 59. Then after about an hour, an hour <laughs> had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this is a follower of, the, of him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. This, this really choked me up. This is one of the only versions of, uh, of, the, of the Gospels that says it this way. Immediately when he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned to Peter. Could you imagine that? The Lord is being shackled, shackled with chains, and the whole time Peter is denying him, denying him. The third time, the Bible says Jesus looked, just looked at Peter, stared at him, not in judgment, in mercy and love. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter wept, went out and wept Peter, uh, wept bitterly. Look at me for a second. Here's I'm going to break this down. I want to, I want to, to encourage you this morning that, that Peter walked with Jesus every day. Peter was not someone that just, in, in a sense, was introduced to Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He was one of the three people that were close to Jesus, that Jesus actually allowed him to see the, the, the transfiguration and the Mount of Transfiguration. He was part of his inner circle with, with John as well, and Peter and James. And Peter was out there. Now, now, why do I say this? Because I'm going to share some things with you that I, I didn't share yes, I mean last week that I want you to be careful in. I'm not harping on negativity. I, what I'm giving you is Holy Spirit warnings and Holy Spirit uh, instructions that if it could happen to someone who was following Jesus every single day, we have the opportunity and responsibility to guard our heart in this manner. I want, to, I want to encourage you also that Peter had friends that also followed Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching good here. So not only did he follow Jesus every day, he had his boys with him that followed Jesus every day too. And they would talk about the miracles. It wasn't like he was off on this island. He had fellowship with people, Christian friends, that were always around him too. So you're saying, wow, okay, he was around Jesus I'm getting somewhere with this. Trust me. Turn to someone and say, he's going somewhere. He was involved, and he had friends. What am I trying to say? You can still be involved in church and walk at a distance. You can still teach and walk at a distance. Come on, don't make me stand on this thing. You, you can still worship on stage and follow at a distance. You can still teach a class and follow at a distance. You could write a song and follow at a distance. You could serve in any department and follow at a distance. You could have Christian friends, Christian music, Christian t-shirts, and I love all that. Please, don't get me wrong. I love all that. But you and I need something more to that. The first sign of compromise beginning to creep in your life is this. When you and I begin to justify walking at a distance. Why is walking at a distance dangerous? Because the voice of conviction is louder when you're walking closer to the Lord. I'm going to borrow somebody. I was going to borrow Harvest. Uh, who do I borrow? Who do I borrow? Uh, come here, Kevin. Come here, Kevin. Give it up for Kevin. Give it up for Kevin. So watch. I didn't brief him on this, so he's like, what's happening here? <laughs> so, so watch. So, Kevin, I want you to be, you're, you're prophetically the Lord. And I just want you to say statements uh, for me like, hey, I love you. Be careful about that. Don't go that direction. Just keep saying those admonitions to me right now. Go. No, no, I 
Come on, Lord. I love you. You're doing awesome. You're doing great. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Keep moving towards me. Stay in my presence. Now watch this. Do you hear that? Do you guys hear that? Okay. Keep saying it. Go. Stay in my presence. Stay close to me. Stay close to me. Keep going. Keep talking. Now, because of the acoustics of this building, you still could hear him. But I couldn't. If this wasn't acoustically sound like this, he would still be speaking, but I would no longer hear him. You know why? Because when you follow at a distance, the first thing that goes out the window is your convictions. Thank you. But Peter followed at a distance. You could still be involved in church and follow at a distance. I'm going to say this. You could be around the fire and never get touched by the fire. You could be around the water and never splash in the water. I think Christians are satisfied being around Christianity and not diving in. Here's, here's the challenge that I'm giving you. You could even have a reputation that you're a godly person. But if you are not following purposely the Lord, reading your devotions and, and things of that nature, what happens is that you will begin to slowly, not even realize it, start following at a distance. And what happens when you follow at a distance, watch this, it's convenient for people to follow at a distance when they're having some wars in their heart. You know why? Are you ready to shout? Because following at a distance requires no accountability to your actions. Because when you're a loner and a drifter on purpose because you don't want that accountability, then what happens is you purposely, on purpose, subconsciously, but on purpose, you start following in a distance so that you won't be noticed about the things that your heart really wants to do. And you begin to start following at a distance, and there's very little accountability. There was, a, there was a song, and I'm not endorsing the Beatles, but the Beatles used to have a song years ago that says, living is easy with eyes closed, misunderstanding all you see. If you, you know why it's easy to walk at a distance? Because then, then you will not have the accountability from people and from God that you're used to having because you don't want it. Walking at a distance is the bare minimum in a sense of your relationship with God so that you won't be noticed and called out. Let me tell you something. I know that people judge, and I know that there's judgment in the church, and that's horrible. But don't mix judgment with accountability. Don't, don't, don't confuse someone lovingly telling you, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Hey, why, why are you going in that lifestyle? As only judgment all the time. Yes, sometimes it can come off judgment, but sometimes it's they care for you. And because you may be following at a distance, offense will cause you to follow at a distance and be isolated. Bitterness, offense, hurt will cause you to walk at a distance and just be on your own. You better thank God for that friend who's lovingly calling you every now and then. Sometimes it's me. You better thank God for that friend, not, uh, that, that, that brother or that sister that's saying, hey, man, I'm praying for you. I, I, haven't, you're, you're, I haven't seen you in a while in, in the Lord's activity. I'm not just talking about church service because people that go, don't go to church for a while, they're still walking with the, the Lord very much so. I'm not just saying about that, but I'm not excluding that either. What I'm saying is if you follow closely, you would want everything that the Lord has to offer. And I know we get busy, but let me tell you something. The American church is notorious for making excuses. I wanna, I'm going to share some things with you today that I'm going to have you write down. Because accountability to your actions require, 
You write this down. Accountability to our actions require us to be following closer to the Lord, and watch this, closely to godly people. When you follow God at a distance, you follow God at, from a distance, and you also distance yourself from believers. Oh, that's so good. When you follow at a distance, you, here's a little, here's a little um, sign. Here's a sign that you're following at a distance. You'll start distancing yourself from godly uh, influence in your life because you do not want that accountability that comes with closeness. When you're close to the Lord, you will have accountability from the Holy Spirit, and the voice of the Lord is loud, not condemning you, warning you or affirming you to go in a certain direction. Watch this. But when you follow at a distance, then you distance yourself on purpose from God. You like you pick and choose who you are. Oh, not that person. They're going to tell me to go back to church. I don't want that. I don't want. That. I don't want to get near that. Well, you know what? They're just going to judge me. So I. And all of a sudden. We don't realize that following at a distance has opened us up to a new realm of compromise that eventually causes the progression that you see in Peter's life. Do you think Peter, walking with Jesus every day, hanging out with Jesus, seeing the glory every day, thought to himself that he would be in this position? Especially after Jesus prophesied. I mean, there's one thing that it just comes sneakily on you. There's another thing when Jesus himself says, could you imagine, just insert your name there, hey, uh, Tom, hey, Susie, before the sun rises tomorrow, you're going to deny me three times, and you're walking with me every day. Why do I say that? Not to condemn. I'd say that so that you, we could guard our heart and let's be real with where we're at. Here's the thing. Look at me. Look at me. When we walk at a distance, here's what happens. We don't see our spiritual condition for what it really is. And so why, why do I say this? Because we need God in our life close, and we need people that are godly in our life. Can I hear an amen? Here's some of the things I wrote down so that you could write down the progressions or signs that you're walking in at a distance, okay? It doesn't, I, I didn't get it in a book, but I just, re, just life, just seeing people in my own life. Here's, here's signs that you may be walking at a distance and not even know it, okay? That you're, you're following, sorry, at a distance. Number one, you become uninvolved. That person, whoever is following at a distance, becomes uninvolved in, in Christian activity. Now, what do I mean by uninvolved? It means you, you, you stop being in circles and environments that are healthy for you for your spiritual walk with God. That was a good place to insert amen right there. I don't know if you're angry at me or happy at me. I don't have no clue. So the, one of the first signs, I'm talking about signs that you walk in a distance. Well, Pastor George, how do I know if I'm walking in a distance? One of the first signs that you walk in a distance is that we become uninvolved. Or let me just put it this way. We stop liking what we used to like when it comes to Christian activities. Everything now is a burden for that person. It's, oh, I got to go to church. It's, oh, I got to get involved. Oh, man, I got, I, man, I got stuff to do. And it's more of a... Okay, I get it. And we become uninvolved. Let me tell you a secret. I've never shared this with this church, but one of the secrets to have a fruitful life with God is to get involved and plugged into the things of the Lord. Not just him personally. That's the number one thing. But if we don't, I had someone tell me years ago, and I never forget this. This is one of the things that helped me start this church. They said, Pastor George is a spiritual daughter. They said, they said I could have friends, and I could go to any church and hear the word of God, and, and everything is okay, but I could still feel disconnected. I said, 
what? I said, so let me get this straight. You could go to any church and get fed and love it. Yes. You, and you have your own friends, so you, that, that's not a problem. Yes, I have vibrant friends. I, love, I can sit through any worship. I can sit through any word, and it will be good for me. He, he, and, and I said, okay. And she goes, I would still feel disconnected. I go, why? She said, because I am a worship leader. She goes, if I don't have an opportunity to get plugged in in my local church for my giftings, part of me will die. Part of me spiritually will die. And she said, if I don't feel I have an open door to connect with, with serving in the capacity that I'm passionate with, something is dying on the inside of me. Let me tell you something. When you walk at a distance, here's the first sign. You will lose interest in getting involved in any Christian activity. Come on, I'm preaching good here. I'm preaching good here. Some of you are like, he's talking about me. I'm not trying to talk about you. I'm just telling you the truth because I love you. We have too many churches that no longer preach truth messages, but I'm here to tell you I love you. And if you're walking at a distance, you're in dangerous grounds. You can follow, the deception is that you can follow Jesus and follow him at a distance. But the sign is you start getting uninvolved. Say uninvolved. Okay. One of the second signs is, is that, uh, I got to be careful how I say this. You know, because I, I'm not talking about anybody. People always say, you were talking about me. I get emails. <laughs> like you said that. I'm not thinking about anybody, I promise. But you start getting, you start being MIA, missing you disappear for a season, for long seasons. See, you got quiet here. I, I ain't talking about anybody. And listen, let me pause and say this. I know people have work. I'm not talking about that. If you have work on Sundays, I'm not talking about I'm, I'm, I'm talking about when you have the opportunity to go to church, when you have the opportunity to get plugged in, in, in Christian activities, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and you have an opportunity to engage in the things of the Lord. If that's you, then praise God. I'm not talking about you. But I am talking about people who start walking a distance and they stop being involved and they start disappearing. And one of the ways for them to, to, to not be um, held accountable is the fact that I just want to distance myself now from everybody. You know what the Bible says? Those who used to be with me in the, in the youth ministry days, my favorite scripture. Pro, I, didn't, I didn't put this up there, but pro, put Proverbs um, 18 verse 1. There's a lot of new church uh, members here that wasn't in my youth pastor days. Proverbs 18, verse 1 in the New King James. Look at what happens when you get at a, at a what, look at the dangers of following God at a distance. Look, watch this. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. A man who isolates himself. Turn to someone and say, he's preaching good now. <laughs> Seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. You know what wise judgment means? Counsel. So when you walk at a distance, you isolate yourself. And by the way, you know what makes you isolate yourself? Not just one morning say, you know what, I feel like isolating myself today. That's what I'm going to do. You know what makes you isolated? Offense and hurt. It will make you isolated. You make you feel that everyone's against you. When you're hurt and you're offended, you will isolate yourself. The goal of the enemy is to offend you so he can uproot you from the house of the Lord and from your walk with God. That's why the Bible, I'm going to have a, a scripture out there when you guys leave real soon. Not, not today, but in a couple months as you exit the door, it's going to be Psalms 92. You know what it says? The, the, the Psalm 92, it says, He who is planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. So the second sign is that we, people begin to 
not be seen anymore on purpose on things that have to do with godliness in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? The third thing is that I find when people walk at a distance, and you'll probably know some of them, even yourself, instead of going like this, go like this to you. (laughs) You start justifying excuses for why you're not walking closely. Third sign that you're walking at a distance that you actually believe the excuses that you're telling everybody why you're not doing what you're doing. You know that you could, you could live in such a way for so long that you believe even your own lie, <laughs> your own excuse? I, I came across what a, a gangster scripture the other day. And, and, and I say that a lot, but I'm like, oh, my God. Are you ready for this? When it comes to walking at a distance, the, the, a sign that you walk in a distance is you begin to make excuses. Say excuses. Look at what the Bible says. In Pro- I couldn't believe this. I looked at this. I said, oh, my God. Proverbs 24, verse 12. Oh, my Lord. I don't think I've ever quoted this. Proverbs 24, verse 12 in the NLT. In the NLT. Look what it says. Don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't getting any warning signs from from my church. I was getting. I don't know why I'm at this state in this condition of my life. I, no one. Told, I didn't know. The proverb says, "Don't excuse yourself. Don't make excuses." Saying, "Look, we didn't know." For God understands all hearts, and He sees you. He who guards your soul, watches, knows that you knew. Oh my God! Drop the mic right there. He who guards your soul knows you knew. And he will repay all people as their action deserves. What I mean by repay is you will reap the consequence of your own decisions. We think, oh, no, no, don't talk about judgment. I'm not even talking about judgment here. I'm talking about reaping your own decisions. In other words, when we start following at a distance, we'll start making excuses why our life is not vibrant. Well, it's because, uh, watch this. Are you ready for this? This is the famous one. I'm not getting fed here anymore. I'm just, I'm just not getting, you're not getting, me neither. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, oh my, I just don't like the worship. I wish, the, and, and uh, the preachers and all the announcements. Uh, we start making excuses why things are happening. You know, I want you to quote this down. I wrote this as a, as a quote. Excuses are the nails that build structures of failure. Excuses are the nails. Eliel, Eliel is, a, is a construction worker. If you want to build something, you got to build it strong. He built, and his team built most of this church. Thank God for them. But excuses are nails that will build houses that will fall. Can I hear an amen? I know you're not shouting at me. It's okay. And then, of course, isolation. Now, I want you to read, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians before I give you the second progression. Are you getting something this morning? I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is powerful. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, now I was only going to read like one verse, but as I read this whole chapter again, honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you, I was weeping. I don't know why. I was, I, when I saw this, I said, oh my God. How many, how many have, 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 have read the scripture, which we're going to read, where it says, be careful when you think you're strong, lest you fall? Raise your hand. I was going to quote that scripture to you as a point, and I still am, but the Lord says, read the reason, read before and as I started reading the, the history before that verse, I said, oh, my God. Paul the Apostle reminded the Corinthians that the people 
that, that fell and thought were strong were not people that were unbelievers. They were people that saw the glory of God. What would happen to your faith if I said, hey, RCC, let's go to Daytona Beach right now, or let's go, you'd be like, yay, or let's go to New Smyrna Beach, and we're going to cross this beach, and I don't know how, and when we get there, I raise up my iPad or my Bible, and the whole ocean splits, and we're walking. Are you going to be like, man, that's, that's pretty cool, man, that's, that's are you going to be like, oh, my God. And you actually walk through that. What if every morning as a, as a community, we just had this supernatural favor, and every time we walk out of this building, we see a cloud by night, a, a, a cloud and, and, a, and a pillar of fire. Every, every time for a season, we're like, oh, my God. What, what you, you would think, man, I'm seeing the glory of God. I, I'm going to get right with God. Oh, this is amazing. I read what led to Paul the apostle saying, be careful when you think you're strong, lest you fall. And it shocked me. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, you're enjoying this? Look, watch this. Moreover, brethren, I, oh my God, I do not want you to be unaware that all, not some, all our fathers were under the cloud, the glory cloud. All of our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through that miraculous Red Sea, what he's saying is like um, everyone experienced a supernatural encounter with God. Watch this. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Keep going. All ate, all ate the same, time out. All ate the same spiritual food from heaven. What does heavenly food taste like? These people were not without godly experiences. Come on, somebody. All drank the same spiritual drink. So he's painting a picture. They're not like some orphan over here that, that were rejected by God. They all, ate man, they all ate the manna. They all saw the cloud. They all saw the fire. They all experienced the glory of God. Come on, somebody. They all drank the spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that flowed for, the, for them. And that rock was Christ. This revelation right there. But with most of them, this is what I was, I was grieved at last night. With mo I, wasn't, I wasn't happy. I was grieved because he's, gr he's grieving. With most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And this is a... Now these things became examples to, to, for us to the intent that we should not lust. I'm going to do another teaching on this. On this. Uh, there's about four or five things in this in Corinthians that, it, it, that the Lord highlights that was one of the reasons why he was disappointed. Now, that's for another day. But watch. Lust is one of them. After evil things. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Keep going. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. This is New Testament. This is not Old Testament. He's quoting. He's in the New Testament. He's quoting what happened. Okay? As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. Now he's talking to the church. He's not talking to worldly people, as some of them did, and in one day 20,000 uh, fell. That's three. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Verse 10. Nor complain. Oh, let me help us, Lord. See, we see all the big sins, like, we're not, I don't do that. Thank God. It says, nor complain. Nor complain, as some of them did also complain and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon the ends of the age have come. Now, watch this. Here it is. 
Therefore, after all that, the experiences with God, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. I wouldn't give you justice if I would just give you that verse. Of course, it says no temptation is overtaking you, uh, but such is common to man. And, and, and here's my point. Why do I say that? It's because every one of those people that fell into compromise were not people that did not experience the goodness of God. They were not people that, did, that were a void of supernatural experiences. Can I just be very honest? And I, say, I don't, I don't say, say this uh, to anybody, but I really want to say this in my heart. One of the, 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 the propensities of the church is that we could get used to the presence of God. We could get used to it. And, and inwardly, we start criticizing everything about the church. Well, where, where's Christina? She's not here today. Well, I want the Christina, and I want that. And I want this. Where, where's this person now? I haven't seen them in a long time. We start criticizing the service. It's like, it, it's like do we come to church because it's a restaurant? We, want, we pick a menu? Or do we... Are we Or do we come to church to meet with God? So, so, so that's the, the, the expression of following at a distance where people that had experience with God. Please be careful when you have these supernatural experiences with God that you don't just coast and take it easy. I said that last week, but you need to have a fresh oil today. Psalm 92 says, I have baptized with fresh oil. Pause and ask yourself a question. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> When's the last time you were, where you were baptized with fresh oil, the Holy Spirit, in your, in your prayer time, in your worship time? So the first, the first sign of compromise, of the progression of compromise is walking a distance. The second sign, say second. The Bible says in verse, and back in Luke, we're going to go back to Luke 22, in verse 55, the Bible says, and Peter sat among them. Man, I need, I need, I need, let me see, I need the worship team to come up here. If the worship team come up here. The second progression of Peter's compromise, number one was he what? Followed at a what? The second progression is that following at a distance, if it's not corrected, will lead you to sitting among them. That phrase, Peter sat among them, is just a fancy way of saying he was trying to justify blending in with worldly lifestyles. He was now sitting with people and systems that wanted Jesus crucified. Here's my point. When we start walking at a distance, here's what's going to happen. We'll start sitting among the, 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 the culture of the world to let it dominate us. Now listen, there's a difference between sitting among them to be influenced by the world and then reaching the world. We need to sit among the world to reach the world, but not sit among them to blend with the world. Do you realize that the second progression is so bad that sometimes when you blend so well with the world, it gets to a point where people can't distinguish you from someone from the world. When you get to a place where nobody could distinguish you, that's why the, 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 when you're really walking with the Lord, it's impossible to backslide because people will know you don't belong here. That's why those girls were like, we, we know. That's the best compliment you could ever give me. If God forbid I'm trying to backslide and go away from God, someone goes, no, you're a Christian. You shouldn't be here. I was, I've seen you with Jesus. Come on, somebody. So listen, listen, listen. 
sorry. Second is when you begin to sit among them. Say sit among them. And so blending with, blending with the culture will cause you, and, that, and by the way, let me just say this. When you get to this level, when people get to this level, we will justify our blending in. In the first level, we won't justify it yet. We're walking at a distance. We're still seeing. We're still seeing Jesus. But when you get to the second level, you begin to justify getting drunk. In the name of grace. <laughs> you justify you justify yourself slipping into romantic relationships that are not even from the Lord because you're just experimenting things or you're missionary dating. You're trying to date someone <laughs> to convert them. <laughs> to convert them and they have no clue, they have no desire for God, but your emotions are raging for that person. You're like, I think I'm going to just lead them to the Lord afterwards. Right? Can I pause and say your first attraction should be a spiritual one? Come on, amen. Come on. Your first attraction to, see, that's where you know that we're so deceived and following a distance that we actually convince ourselves that, 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 man, that worldly person is so attractive to me. Pastor George, you're preaching all this negative stuff. No, I'm not. Paul the Apostle says, do not be unequally yoked. That doesn't mean we stop evangelizing. That doesn't mean we're not a light. But it means, listen, listen, minister to them. Just don't sleep with them. When you follow at a distance and then you begin to have the second the progression is the fact is that not only you begin to blend in with the world, then you justify your decisions of worldliness. Do you understand? I know I'm hitting somebody, but it's okay. It's the Holy Spirit's love for you. Because I'm trying to save you from, from saying, where, how in the world did I end up here? How in the world did I end up not having a desire for the Bible anymore? How in the world did I end up not wanting to pray? How in the world did I get up just angry all the time? Walking at a distance produces sitting among them. You know what starts happening? You won't even know it, but you start taking advice from the world, talking like the world, acting like the world, and you won't even know it. You, it's not like, I, 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 I say this in sincerity, most people that I know, they don't even know. They're like, it just becomes so part of them that we start talking, and then we start looking to the world. I've seen this happen subliminally to tell the church how to reach them. Hey, man, tell me how to reach you, man, because we're not, we're not doing it right. And I understand we need wisdom. I start, but could you imagine a worldly person saying, well, just don't, don't, don't talk about holiness because that really turns us off. Don't talk. Don't make me, don't make me like, like have only one mate. I mean, I want other mates. No. It's a sad thing when we're going to the world to tell the church how to preach and how to minister. Jesus didn't say, hey, hey, sinners, hey, what, what, what should I do? What should I preach? What should I tell you? What should I tell you? He was the most holy man. Are you ready for this? And the most attractable by sinners. Don't tell me holiness is not attractive. Because sinners were attracted to Jesus from all walks of life. The drug addict, the prostitute, the, the people. There was something magnetic about Jesus, yet he was fully holy. And, and not just church people. 
Sinners were like, there's something beautiful about that man. I feel the Holy Spirit. Don't for once convince yourself. that I just hear this from the Lord. I hear this from the Lord. Now, this wasn't in my notes. But when you're walking at a distance and you start sitting among them, you'll convince yourself that holiness is religious. Pastor George, you're just being religious right now. That's just too religious. That's just too religious. If I had $5 for every Christian that used to be on fire for God that tell me that's just religious, it's because you're just telling me that you no longer find holiness attractive. It's a dangerous thing for our lives when we start buying into the theologies of our day, the relevance of our day that convinces us that holiness is just a bunch of rules. No, holiness is beautiful if you really know what holiness is because it's stopping you from the filth that's going to corrupt your soul. Then the third thing, the third progression is denial. Now, not just denying the Lord, but here's the twist I want to get to you. The third progression of compromise starts with following at a distance, and then you sit among them, and then you straight deny. But I want to give you a prophetic word today. It's not just you get to the place where you deny the Lord. You start denying where you're at spiritually. When you deny, when you're in denial, you will, watch this, you can write this down. When you're in denial, you will never receive or experience freedom because denial rejects one main thing. Re denial rejects truth, and truth is a name. I am the way. I am the life. I am the truth. And the truth, watch this, will what? Will what? So when you're in denial, the number one thing that you hate is truth. So when you deny the Lord, like Peter did, you're also in personal denial. How many times when I'm preaching, you're like, well, well I'm not going to react because you know, that's not me. Because I, I, I have everything together. When you're in denial about your own life, that's the most destructive place you could be. It's the best place to be like, you know what? I have, but there's room for mercy. There's room for repentance. There's room to come back. There's room. Glory to God. He doesn't condemn you. But if you say, that's for him, that's not for me and you're so involved in your pride that you don't want to admit that you've drifted off and sat among them, and you're in denial of, uh, of your own state? How about being denied, being denial of your relationship with others? Being in denial with your relationship with your spouse? How's your marriage? Good. Okay, I hope it's good, but if it's not, get help. God is here to give you help. Come on, say amen. And so when you're in denial... What happens is that you won't be free because freedom only comes through truth. And people that are in denial, watch this, hate truth and reject truth. Truth only sounds like hate for people who hate the truth. Truth only sounds like hate to people who hate truth. If you hate truth, you will, you will think the, the person that's speaking truth is judgmental. I'm going to end with this. Where did it all start? Where did the following at a distance start? Where did the sitting among them start? Where did the denial start? Just a little lower. Just a little lower. 
we think full backsliding starts when we're sitting at the at the bar just wasted like I can't do this anymore of course someone could point that out and say oh look oh, he used to serve the Lord she used to serve the Lord do you know the, do you know what Jesus said Jesus said in the in the Beatitudes are in the Sermon on the Mount he said you've heard it of old you shall not commit adultery and I've said this before to those of you who used to hear my, my teaching the Sermon on the Mount but for those of you who didn't listen he said you've heard it of old you should not commit adultery you would think he would say next so I say to you, don't commit adultery. That makes sense. He didn't say that. He says, you have heard it of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a person with intent to lust after them has already committed adultery in their heart. Not lust in their heart, adultery in their heart. So that means adultery is already in the heart. Here's what, what I'm trying to say. While we're sitting in the pews, if we start following at a distance and we start sitting among and, and, and just getting all that stuff consumed in us, here's what happens. We'll start justifying ourselves and we'll be in denial. But where did this all start? I'm closing with this. In that same chapter, hear me now, I'm coming to a close. In that same chapter, there's a little hidden, little revelation that we didn't see. And I'm going to read it now. It all started, this progression of compromise, neglecting devotional life. De neglecting prayer, ne ne neglecting consistency in his presence. That's how it starts. Why? At the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was praying. And he asked, well, watch this, Luke, Luke, look at this, this last chapter, this last thing in Luke. All of it is in Luke. In Luke chapter 22, verse 40, look at this. This I'm closing with this. Are you getting something this morning? When he came to the place, this is Jesus, he said to them, watch this, listen to me, look at me. Pray. Everybody say pray. Say pray. That you may not enter into. So you see the link there? Pray so you won't enter into temptation. Let's put the opposite of that. Don't pray and you will enter into temptation. Watch this. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed. Saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then an angel of the Lord strengthened him from heaven. And being in agony, he prayed one more time, our Lord. Earnestly, with sweat became great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he rose up from prayer, he had come to his disciples and he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said, why do you sleep? Watch this, guys. This is the key to everything. Rise and what? Come on, say it loud at me like someone's going to slap you. Rise and pray, lest you fall into temptation. Could it be that the reason why we're walking at a distance is because we neglected our devotional life? We neglected prayer. Prayer rules everything in your walk with God. It doesn't have to be long hours of agony. It just needs to be devotions. It needs to be time. There needs to be a, a moment in the day where you connect with God because when you stop your prayer life, you start entering into following at a distance. When you start neglecting the Word, when you start neglecting the foundational things that have got you there, you may still be having a good life, but your heart is progressing into desiring things and it will become easier to yield to those things. Jesus went to his own disciples and said, the reason, and by the way, if you read down there, shortly after this, shortly after this is when, when Peter denied him three times. Do you see? Do you see here? Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. 
We're going to sing a song right now. I'm going to ask you to guard our heart. Are you walking? Listen, are you following at a distance? And ask yourself, if you are, please hear me. I wanna, I'm pastoring you today, okay? Thank God you have a pastor that I'm not afraid to tell you truth. Okay, listen. I want everyone to stand up, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to dismiss. If you're following at a distance, ask yourself, I heard the word today, and these are the signs that you're following at a distance. You're uninvolved. You make excuses. You disappear. If that's you, it's okay. Come back. But if you're leaning towards that, stop it now, or else the next phase will happen, which is you start justifying sitting and getting advice and being conformed to the world, like Peter was. And then thirdly, if you don't even stop, if you don't warn yourself from there, you don't make adjustments from there, then you'll be a denial of where you are at, and you'll be a denial with God. Listen, when you deny your own spiritual condition, you deny, you deny the Lord, right? Some of you, this is just a refresher course, and you didn't really need this, but it's good. It's good medicine for you because you're doing good. You do, you walk with God good, but it's good to strengthen those little bolts that are trying to get loose. But to some of you, you fall into one of these three categories. You fall into, you know what? I've watched it. I feel this from the Lord. I, I'm following in a distance, not because I want to. It's because I was hurt by the church. I was hurt by a preacher. I was hurt by a leader. I was hurt by, by some, something church-related. So I still love Jesus, but I'm loving him at a distance. I'm telling you, my friends, even though that justified the hurt, it's not justified to follow at a distance because that's what Peter started. And then some of you, you're actually starting to drift into sitting among them, all in the name of relevance. I didn't even say this, but you know part number two, what happens to church leaders? when Because church leaders fall into this too. You know that, right? Not just congregation. When church leaders fall into the, the second progression, we stop, oh, we stop preaching about the cross. We stop preaching about there's eternal consequences. There's heaven and there's hell. When's the last time you heard that? that that's not good preaching, PG. No, that's judgment. and that, you, you, you shouldn't say that. You know what Paul said? I don't want to preach anything but Jesus and him crucified. But, we, but church, stop talking about that. So I want you to lift up your hands right now. And I want you to examine where you're at and just ask the Holy Spirit to just bring, make those corrections in your life. Come on. Are you following at a distance because you've been hurt? The Lord says, come, I want to heal you. If, are you disappointed because you work so much or, or, you, or you're lacking in your family, you're lacking in your finances? It's okay. God says, don't be satisfied with following at a distance because that's the first progression. Number two, are you sitting among them? Are you justifying going to the path of the world to get your satisfaction other than the beauty of Jesus? Or number three, are you in denial of where you're at spiritually? Are you in denial of the Lord? Are you in denial of your spiritual condition? Come on, lift up your hands all over this place. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.